fire of God begin to burn. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus, let your fire burn. The fire of God begin to burn. I need to catch you to come somewhere near me, please. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God's releasing a perfect good morning of your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glenda, just come forward. God wants you to prepare for changes this year. Tremendous changes. Tremendous changes that are going to take place. And it's like God's going to break off you things which have limited you and contained you. I see you starting to catch a vision for the harvest and a new authority coming around your life. As you prepare to go into China, there's been some apprehension about what would you do and, and what would happen. But the Lord says he will come upon you in that place. And he's going to cause a tremendous compassion to come in your life. And he's going to cause a fearlessness to start to grow in your life. Where you would have drawn back and, and felt intimidated. You're going to feel fire rising up inside you. It's the fire of the Holy Ghost. God is going to cause some of the grave clothes of fear to come off your life. It's going to be a release and enlargement in your life. It's going to come now. Here it is. Starting the power, power of God. Power of God. Touch you tonight. Fire. Thank you, Lord. Your glory is coming over her right now. Increase that glory. Increase the glory, Lord. Increase the glory. Sorry, don't touch it. Just let it be. Just let it Fire! Let your fire come. Fire! Lord, we just think, come on, just reach out. The Lord's here tonight. Now, who he might touch. Amen, amen. Don't hide. Don't hide. It's a time of coming out. It's a time of breaking out. Time of breaking out. I just see the Lord showing me around about the age of five in your life. Just the period of time when you were starting school. It's a time of uh, conflict and turmoil and upheaval. And fear and shame came around your life, intimidated you. Tonight God's just breaking that off your life. It's going to start to come a new boldness as you know who you are in Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Right now, I just speak and I break that fear. I break that shame. Loosed in Jesus' name right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Fire. Fire come. Fire. Creative ideas. Business ideas. Tim, I see business coming into your life. Business. See God bringing business ideas into your life. It's like you're going to start to have dreams, prophetic dreams of new things God's going to do through you. I want you to be willing to dream. Just be willing to dream. Open your eyes. Let, let God begin to touch. Lord, touch him tonight. Let the spirit of revelation come on him. Open his eyes to see in the realm of the spirit. Fire! Let the fire of God come on his life right now. Spirit of God, prophetic anointing right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Good stuff, eh? Father, touch Wesley. Father, give him a great boldness. Father, give him a great boldness. Lord, I, we just call forth the leadership gift in his life. We call forth the leadership gift in his life. We call forth a passion and a fire for God. We call forth the fiery anointing of God. Father, I pray that he would begin to have prophetic dreams. 
Lord, you begin to take him into your holy place and show him things he's never seen before. Father, release fire into his life. Release that anointing now right upon his life in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. God, touch his life right now. Praise the Lord. Come on, don't, don't just shut off. Otherwise, what happens? You shut down the whole anointing in the meeting. God wants us to encounter him, to, to just to receive from him tonight. Keep stretching out, stretching out, stretching out. There's more. There's much more. Much more. Much more. Much more. Touch him, Lord. Touch him, touch him, touch him, touch him. Thank you, Lord. Fire, fire. Let the fire of God be released on his life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I need some of my leaders to come up and I want you just to begin to impart prophetically into people tonight. Just begin to speak and prophesy. Speak into people. Oh good, there's one that knows. Come on. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let the fire come. Let that prophetic anointing come. Let that prophetic anointing come, Lord. Prophetic anointing come over people's lives tonight. Amen. 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 Bruce, why don't you come up? Let me pray for you. Father, just thank you for Bruce. Pray, Lord, for your presence to come. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce down there. This Bruce here down there. Go and grab him. Bruce? Bruce two? Grab Bruce one down there. Bring him up. Bring Techno Bruce up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, come. Come touch him, Lord. Touch him. Touch him, Lord. Bring a divine revelation of your love for him. Lord, bring healing into his spirit. It's almost like there's been a tremendous, like I see like a gash, a wound in your soul. It goes right back to when you're a young man. I see almost like a whole family situation blowing up. And the way you found retreat, you, you were retreated and you withdrew. And God says he wants to heal you. He wants to put resurrection life in you. He wants you to know his love, to know his healing touch, and to begin to stand up. There's been a mindset over your life of powerlessness, that stuff happens to me and I can't do anything about it. That's just what happens to me. That's my life. That's a lie that the devil has sown in there. And God's going to take that out of you tonight. God's going to break the power of that over your life. It's brought such grief. I just see a tremendous grief over the years as one thing after another has happened that's brought a deep sense of loneliness and rejection into your life. And I see God just saying it's time to, to push the stuff off. It's time to stand up inside. It's time to let God encounter you. It's time to let healing begin to flow. This thing's pushed you around for long enough. It's isolated you for long enough. It's beaten you down and, and told and abused you, literally. And God wants to break that off your life. Father, tonight, in the name of Jesus Christ, I break that spirit of abandonment. I break that abuse that's been over his life. I break it off him in Jesus' name. We break that defiling spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the, I break the shame you've carried all these years. Spirits of shame. Spirits of shame. Spirits of shame. I break your power now in Jesus' name. I break every controlling witchcraft devil that shut down your life. Be loose in Jesus' name right now. Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. Let him go, you tormenting demons right now. You will let him go. He belongs to the Lord. He belongs to the Lord. 
I command those defiling spirits to go now. In Jesus' name, release them. Release them. Release them. I decree release over your life. I decree the release from failure. Release from failure. I decree release from failure. Release from failure, not a failure. I break the words of failure. I speak blessing. As a father, I speak blessing over you. I speak release over you. I speak success over you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Here. Oh, Holy Ghost. Touch him on deep inside. Thank you, Lord. Ooh. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence here. What a great presence of God here tonight, isn't there? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Touch Charlotte right now. Thank you, Lord, the Father, the Father. Father God, touch her now, touch her now, touch her now. God's raising you up as a leader. But you've got to push through a few things that have got around your life. About two years ago, some things happened that it's, had, it's caused a heaviness. It's caused like a limiting, a fearfulness. God's just breaking that off your life tonight. He's bringing you to enlargement, great enlargement. I see you rising up as a leader, challenging young people, speaking to young people. Don't limit what God can do through you. There's a call of God on your life. And last two years has been a wrestling over that call. You felt the pulls this way and that way. But God is calling you. Holy Spirit, touch you right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. can do. There's no limits in God. No limits in God. God's releasing creativity. He's releasing passion and fire. He's releasing a prophetic mantle over your life to be able to see, see in the spirit, see things others don't see. God's grace is being released over your life tonight. Touch it, touch it. That's right. Someone will catch you. Don't worry about that. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that every one of us is destined, destined by you to be part of a great end time army. And Lord, we thank you for the privilege of being called to work together in the bay. Hallelujah. You love the Lord tonight? Come on, let's give the Lord a great clap. Let's give the Lord a great clap. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Welcome tonight. Great to have you all here. Why don't you turn to two or three people, give them a high five or a hug or whatever you can do. Tell them great to be in the presence of the Lord tonight. Your best is ahead of you. Isn't it? Best is ahead of you.
best is ahead of you. It's always the same with God. The best is ahead of us. The way there can be a bit difficult, but the best is always ahead. God's always got great things ahead for us. He's always thinking about how our life can be enlarged, how your life can be enlarged. So whatever's happening in your life right now, God is able to work it, turn it, and grow you out of it. And the big thing is being connected to him and making the right choices. Good choices, good results. Praise the Lord. Well, I've got any visitors here tonight. I'd like to welcome you and give you a little gift. Is anyone here tonight and you're visiting, perhaps the first or second time? I just raise your hand and give us a wave. I can't see a thing from up here, but that's okay. Just wave your hand. There's someone down the back there. Someone there has got there. That's someone will give you a little gift. Just give them a clap and welcome them now. Great to have you here. We're so glad you've come. It's wonderful. Anyone else? Any other visitors here tonight? Any other visitors here? There's a hand over there, is there? I see someone's hand waving around. Glory to God. Well, come on over here. Get them something. Praise the Lord. It's just great to have you here. Great to be in the presence of God. Wouldn't be anywhere else, eh? Always good to be part of what God's doing. Well, we're going to take up our offering now. Here we go. And Tim is going to encourage us to take up our offering. So come on, let's give him a clap. Thank you. Oh, isn't it excellent just to dance? I just love it. And this week, I've been dancing in my living room, and it's just been awesome. <laughs> In 2 Kings chapter 4, Elisha went to a town called Shunem. And in Shunem, he met a well-to-do woman there. And this woman invited him to stay at her house whenever he wanted for a meal. And she recognized the presence of God on Elisha. He said, anytime you want to come back, you can come and stay. In fact, next time you stay, you can stay as long as you want. And so Elisha said, okay. And to his surprise, to his shock, when he came back the next time, she prepared a room just for him. In the last about two or three weeks, Pastor Mike has been challenging us not to have the, the mindset of having an add-on God. Now, she had the right attitude. She didn't just put Elisha on, on the fold-out couch or even push the couch and the billiard table aside and squeeze him in the spare room. She made a room at the very top. Now, God spoke to me two things about this. Number one, this is a good one. Notice how it was actually the woman who heard from God, who could sense the presence of God. And God spoke to me, he said, when you get married, make sure you listen to your wife. (laughs) Because she's hearing from God, yeah? Now, if you agree with that, say amen. Excellent. And the second thing was, The room was at the top. God's number one. You see, God doesn't share the throne with anybody. He's got to be number one. In Matthew 6.33, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now, what's stressing you out? What's burdening you? See, God will work through all those things. He's interested in all those things. And he will as long as he is first. He's got to be number one. And the attitude of this woman was fantastic. And she, it's just the same way with God. I don't want you to come for a snack or a cup of coffee or for a, for a meal. I want you to stay. I want you to stay in this place. So as the ushers come forward and as the band gets ready, this is what God spoke to me. He said, I will come to you. But how long I stay is up to you. Oh, oh that's good. I'll tell you. 
oh, I want you, Lord. I want you to stay. I don't want to sense you just from Sunday to Sunday. I want to sense you during the week. When I'm at work and I get stressed, I want to sense you. When I'm at high school and when school gets rough, I want to sense you at school. I want to sense you all the time. God, I want your presence. I want you. If it costs me something, I'm going to build a room at the top of my house because no one, no one takes that place. Jesus doesn't share that throne with anybody. So ushers, as they come forward, let's stand and let's give tonight. Come on, let's all stand. Friday night, 7pm, Impact Kids Room. 
Chewing gum is really gross. Chewing gum I hate the most. The equipping track is starting again for 2006. Here's Pastor Doug. Hi, I'm Pastor Doug, and here at Bay City we have a vision for every believer to be equipped to live a strong and dynamic life for Christ. To help you to do this, we have the equipping track to take you to the next level in your faith. The equipping track is starting the 15th of February, Wednesday night, down here at the church at 7.30. Make this the best year ever and get involved in the equipping track. Remember, down here at the church, Wednesday night, 7.30, the 15th of February. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. New for 2006 is the marriage course. Now, the marriage course is also down here at the church, 7.30pm on the Wednesday night, starting the 15th of February. I've heard marriage described as either the closest thing to heaven or hell on earth. Well, to help your relationship become a lot closer to heaven on earth, the marriage course is for you. It's a seven-week series that starts down here at the church, 7.30 on the Wednesday night. Why don't you invest in your relationship this year and make it a great year for your marriage in 2006? Charlie Robinson, Canadian revivalist, will be here the weekend of the 25th and 26th of February. Charlie's ministry brings a tangible manifestation of the presence and glory of God. He carries a prophetic teaching anointing and ministers with strong impartation. Charlie will be leading four meetings over the weekend, so come along and catch the fire. There is one more notice before I go. Bay City Outreach Centre is celebrating 21 years. That's right, the 21st anniversary celebration is on the first weekend of March with three great events. Friday night, a night at the Oscars. Saturday, a family fun day. Sunday, celebration service. A night at the Oscars celebrates our achievements and honours our stars. Tickets for this event are available from the back of the auditorium after the surface. Great, can we have the one on small groups as well? Might do that too. Got that still there?
fantastic. <laughs> Great stuff, so get into a group. Why don't you open your Bible to 2 Kings 6? Want to look at uh, the lost axe head. Want to look at us tonight retaining our cutting edge. How many of God wants you to have a cutting edge? Oh, okay. How many know God wants you to have a cutting edge? That's better. Have an impact with your life. You've got to touch something. Okay, let's have a look at some people here. Going to read about six verses. Then the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with you is too confined for us. Too confined. Let us go, we pray, into Jordan and take from there every man a beam. Every man. There's something. Why don't you see a few words in here? I like to get it in the King James Version. Just underline a few things. Too narrow for us. Go to Jordan, every man, and let us make a place where we may dwell. He said, well, go. And they said, well, no, we pray, you go with us. And he answered, I will go. And he went with them. And they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. And as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell in the water. And he cried and said, alas, master, it was borrowed. Borrowed. That's another word, borrowed. And the man of God said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. He cut down a stick and he threw it in heather. And then the iron came up to the surface, swam, joined itself to the stick. And he said, now put your hand out and take it back up again. An amazing thing. Now you can't reason that one away. Iron doesn't float. <laughs> How many know that God did something supernatural and miraculous in that story? And there's something about that that we need to catch hold. Let's go through the story and pick it up. Here's number one. It tells us here, it says, The sons of the prophet said to Elijah, Behold, the place we deal with you is too narrow for us. Now, the first thing is they recognize the need for enlargement. It's too narrow, too confined, too limited. The place we're living in is too narrow for us. Now, this is absolutely true for every one of us. The place that we are living, the way we are living our life is too small, too confining, too limiting for what God wants to do. How many know that God wants to enlarge every one of us? And you determine how much God works in your life by your willingness to allow Him to enlarge you. And one of the first things that happens before you become enlarged is you become to realize that you're feeling restricted, limited, confined, as though something in you wants to break out. And that's what was happening. Inside them, there was a growing awareness that they needed to break out. And so a cry came up, it's too narrow for us. Now, there's a lot of things can confine us. God can confine us for a season while he grows us. But mostly the things that confine us are our attitudes, the way we think about life and about people. How big are you in your heart and your attitude to people? How big are you in your love for un unlovely people? How much capacity have you got in you to reach out and connect with people who perhaps have failed and broken in life? How narrow are you in your outlooks? You see, God wants to expand us, and almost all expansion takes place, first of all, with a change in the way we think. See, we've got to break out of small-mindedness. Small-mindedness limits what God can do in you. Small-mindedness, small-minded people, well, they're only interested in themselves. That's why they're small-minded. They can't come outside the circle of themselves. Small-minded people can't overlook people's faults. They're forever finding fault with other people. They see the things that are wrong. Why? Because they're small-minded. They can't see beyond the smallness, beyond the faults and the failings to see the potential in people's lives. Small-minded people are limited to work out of what they're used to. 
but big people are looking always for something beyond their reach. Now, friends, the life of God is found when we stretch out and break out of what we've confined in over a period of time. So they became aware of the need for enlargement. How many of you are aware of the need for enlargement? Say, well, it starts with a cry. It starts with recognition. God, I want to grow. I want to stretch. I want to break out of where I am. I feel like my life has got on hold. I feel like I'm contained. I need to break out. And so they began to reach out to the man of God. They began to reach out and said, this is what we need. We need to be enlarged. And that's exactly where we're at individually. It's exactly where we're at as a church. We need growth. We need enlargement. We need to break out of a place where we're confined, limited in our influence. We need to see and have a vision for breaking out into the community. And that means to break out the community, you've got to break out of your own safety zones. When we stay in our safe zones, no enlargement. I know one person in the church they tell me every week they go down now and they are praying that they'll just meet with people in the marketplace and God will give them a word for them that said I want to stir up my prophetic gift so I can begin to bring words for people that will bring encouragement help and breakthrough for them when I find them out in the market I always want to find them out in the street among the shops and they're starting to look at ways that they can find some people they've just found a tremendous way and I love it we're gonna, I'll, I'll, we'll wait and see just what kind of fruit they get and then we're going to tell you about it it's just I just got so excited but it was like breaking out of the confinement. Breaking out of the confinement. We had a, a woman, brought a man in here, and, and, uh, and he was uh, going to, she said, oh, can you pray for him? The guy's going to a, a fortune teller. And I remember just the feeling inside, oh, man, I hate that. We've got to do something about that. And I remember stirring up the gift of God in me to be able to bring a word to him that would impact him and affect his life. And it did. The next week he got saved. See, we need to break out of confinement. Don't think the gifts of spirit lay in here alone. They're out in the community. Everywhere we are, we carry a move of God. So let's stop limiting ourselves. Stop limiting yourself with your attitudes to yourself. Stop limiting yourself with negative attitudes about people. Let's begin to say, God, we want to break out. You say that? Tell someone this to you. You need to break out. <laughs> you need to break out. Too narrow too narrow. That word straight or a tight place means a narrow place, a tight place, something that causes distress, brings pressure, or is, an, a, a, or is opposed to us. So I tell you something, God is a very big God and very generous. We need to be the same. So break out of smallness. Break out of small giving, small praying. Break out of smallness in every area of life. Make a decision you're going to stretch out beyond what you're comfortable with. That means breaking out and reaching new people, new friends. Here's the next thing we see in there. Everyone has something to contribute. Notice what they said. Let us go to Jordan and every man bring from there a beam that we may uh, make a place here that we may dwell. And he said, go do it. Go do it. Every man, every person in that school was called to build. Friend, if you're part of a church like this, you are called to be a builder. Every person is called to be a builder. Jesus said something like this. He said, you either gather with me or you scatter. So we're either a builder with him or with someone who destroys and mucks up what God's building. Jesus said, you either are reaching and gathering and working with me to draw people into my kingdom and build them or you are scattering them. So our attitudes to people, our attitudes and the way we run our life can attract people to God or can repel people from God. 
the way you, your attitude to the church, your attitude to leaders, your attitude to the word of God, your attitude to failure, your attitude to problems. All of these things can cause you to attract people or repel them. We're called to be builders. Now, a builder is quite different from someone who just comes along to get something for themselves. Most of you have been around long enough now. You need to learn to become a builder. A person who comes just to get blessed is someone who's got a lot of needs. Their basic perspective in life is quite small. They're in a narrow place. I want to get blessed. I, I want to get my prayer answered. I want to get a breakthrough in my life. I need to get rid of the smoking habit. I need to get this. Now listen, that's all about getting blessed. But God wants you to go past that and then begin to start to get into the Word of God, begin to learn the Word of God until you become built up inside and then become a builder of other people. You, to build someone else, you've got to get involved with them. To build someone else's life, you've got to have something to give them. You've got to study. The Bible says, study, show yourself approved to God, a workman rightly dividing the Word of truth. You need to know the Word of God. You learn the Word of God, begin to uh, get God speaking to you from His Word. You have something to give into the life of someone else. And so you're called to be a builder. Every young person here is called to be a builder. That means you're doing something to contribute to the youth growing, something to contribute to people being built up, something to contribute to people being encouraged. Someone begins to stray and fall away, don't wait for someone else. You ring them up and reach out to them. Become a builder, a gatherer, and a builder with Jesus Christ, a builder with us. Interesting, in the Bible, it talks about the word sons. The Bible uses this term, a son, and uses the word a servant. And uh, Jesus distinguished between a servant and a son very clearly. He said, a servant doesn't really know what the master's doing. They just follow instructions. So when a servant, they've got a paycheck coming and they're just working, doing a job. He said, but he said, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. In other words, serving is the way we start to qualify ourselves for friendship with God. But what God was looking for, what Jesus was looking for, was sons. In the Bible, the word a son is a builder of the house. A servant does it. Their heart's not in the house. They're there just doing something because they've got a job to do. I've got a duty to do. But a son's heart is in the house because that's where inheritance lies. And so he's building not just the house, but he's building his own inheritance in the future. And so... The Bible tells us very clearly, God calls every one of us to be a builder. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says, to every man. How many people? To every man. To every man is given the gifting or manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Now think about this. It's God's intention that every person receive an impartation and an expression of the Holy Spirit through them to build the house. In other words, God is looking for people, one, who will learn how to receive from him supernatural impartation, prophetic utterance, words of knowledge, supernatural dimensions that they might impart and build up people's life and be a house builder. Every person. Listen, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. To every person is given. Now, it means you don't have to work for it. You just got to learn how to receive by faith the giftings, the flows, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. To do that, you've got to be in relationship. Relationship is the key to receiving. And so we position ourselves in relationship with God. We begin to respond to Him, hunger after how we can build people's lives. He will manifest the gifts of the Spirit in your life. He wants to do it. If you don't know how to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, come along a little later in the year. We'll be running a seminar on it. If you can't wait that long, then watch someone else operating in the Holy Ghost and try. If you can't wait that long, then just go ask someone who knows. 
Heaps of people around here know how to work with the Holy Spirit. But the core of it is you have to make the Holy Spirit your friend. And then out of a heart relationship with him, you desire to build what he's building. God is in the business of building people. You make sure with your words you're not tearing them down. When we gossip, we criticize, we're tearing down the work of God. We're not a builder, we're a destroyer of the work of God. When you backbite, you get behind people's backs and you say things about them, you're not building the house of God, you're tearing down the house of God. God wants you to become a builder. Most builders in the spirit speak words. Your words are one of the most powerful ways you can impact people's lives. Words, acts of kindness, reaching out to them. Friend, everyone's called to be a builder. Ask someone there, are you a builder? Is your name Bob? <laughs> You're a builder. Hey, we're called a builder. We're called to be a builder. Hey? Every man. You notice here it says every man go down to the river Jordan and get a beam from down there. Always the Bible tells uh, concerning Jordan. The word Jordan means literally to descend or to go down. Or uh, in, in the Bible, whenever the river Jordan is referred to, it meant the end of something, an old way of life. It meant the beginning of a new. So when God took the people out of Egypt, he took them to the river Jordan, and beyond Jordan was the land of promises. So in the Bible, when the, the Bible's talking about Jordan, it's always referring about something finishing up and something new beginning. Jesus was a carpenter. He was a builder. As he grew up, his trade was that of a builder. Then he went down to the river Jordan, got baptized, then he began his ministry in the Spirit. So always in the Bible, when the Bible's talking about Jordan, it's talking about, the, it means literally to descend or to go down. And it means a place where you die to something so something else may come alive. So he says, let's go down to the river Jordan and build. That means that we humble ourselves and surrender to what God wants to do through us. Our life begins to be yielded now, not to do our own thing and use God to bless it, but to listen and flow with what God has for us. He's not going to suddenly disrupt your life. If you're at school, he'll tell you to keep going at school and keep studying hard and do well. But he'll also want to work through you to touch lives. If you're in business, not going to tell you to sell your business, going to tell you how to bring your business into divine alignment. So it begins to make profit, becomes a stream for the kingdom of God to advance and a witness in the community. If you've got some kind of other job, God won't tell you to leave the job usually unless it's something that's evil. Uh, he'll usually tell you to stay exactly where you are, but he wants to work through you in that place. I want to put creative ideas, eh? but it requires a humility, surrender. No one likes to do that. Eh? Better, better we humble ourselves and let God humble us. Eh? And so there it is. So it wants to make. So, so number one, uh, we need to recognize the need for Elijah. Number two, we need to humble ourselves. Everyone has something to give. So surrender lets God work in our life. It's number three. Everyone was committed to the process of building. You notice what they did? They all went down. Verse 4, they all went down, they came down to Jordan, they cut down wood. Everywhere, every man went down and did something. And they all built. Let us make a place. Now, I believe that every one of us is called to contribute something to the kingdom of God, whether it's in the community, in the church. We're part of a family that's called to build. We're called to be builders. Now, listen, when you begin to learn God's principles for relationship and begin to show others you're a builder, when you begin to learn how to make your finances work and you put your finances in order, you're becoming a builder. And so we want to not build, just build our lives, we want to learn how to build others. Building the lives of others has got a Bible word called discipleship. Building up others. Building people up. Why do people need to be built up? Because in the world they don't learn the principles that are eternal. They learn a wrong value system. They need to be built in the ways of God. God wants you to become a builder. 
every believer a builder of lives. Notice here, building means shaping lives. It says in verse 4, they came to the river Jordan and then they cut down trees. Now, when you cut down a tree, you put a saw through it or an axe through it or whatever, and you go right through a chainsaw, right down there, and you cut it off from its source. To cut down a tree means you cut it off from its own source so it can be shaped and used for another purpose, a better purpose. And so one of the things that's crucial in us building lives is we have to address the issue of surrender to the Lord and repentance from sin. If we keep going back to our old ways, most of us, when we come to the Lord, have got a lot of attachments in our life, got a lot of baggage, got things we're attached to. Maybe you're attached to disappointments, you're attached to sin, you're attached to some kind of things, habits. And these are all the things we're attached to. One of the things God wants to do, if you're going to build someone, one of the things that has to happen in the process is they have to be cut off from the old habits, the old lifestyles, the old way. You can't have God as an add-on. You can't have him as an add-on. What a lot of people want, they want God, they want all the benefits of God, but actually don't want to cut off and to deal with old habits. And some of our old habits are very deep. Habits of fear, habits of being depressed, habits of feeling sorry for ourselves, habits of lust, habits of addiction. Some of these things get quite deeply ground in our life and they literally are like roots. They tap and squeeze and leach the life out of you. Sometimes relationships, some relationships are like that. It's like people get attached and, and then they leech the life out of us. And, and there's many times God will speak and he'll say, you've just got to cut it. And John the Baptist said, well, the ax is laid to the root of the tree. If we won't repent, we can't be part of what God wants. So repentance is foundational, cutting off. How do we cut off? It's a decision of our will, literally to come to the Lord and just to let go off, to turn away from, to surrender and let his spirit cut off those roots of those things we drew from. I wonder what you're drawing from. You need to let go. I wonder what things you're drawing life from. Fasting's one way of cutting off those things. Man, oh man, you start fasting, boy, you start to find things surface and then you see them and you can start to deal with them in prayer, break their power. Some of you may tonight need to have things broken off your life. You may find that you're addicted and the spirit powers have got a hold of you. And all of the building of the house of God requires we get cut off from old things. We have to be cut off from the old to experience the new. See? So here's the last couple of things now. So the call of God means we'll be separated to what he has for our life. It doesn't mean we stop living our life. It doesn't mean we stop having fun. What it does mean in the heart is now there's a new alignment. We're now joined to him and we're thinking, how can my life fulfill and have eternal value? How can I actually be a builder of the community, a builder of the house of God, a builder of eternal value? So you start to think differently. It's not just about coming along to church and getting prayed for and having a quick fix. It's actually about how can I build my life in alignment with God's word and then I can become a builder of other people. You can't give to anyone what you haven't worked out in your own life. So notice here's the last one. We are responsible to maintain the cutting edge. It says, if one was felling the beam, the axe head fell into the water and he cried out and said, oh no, it was borrowed. It was borrowed. He had a borrowed axe head. So he was using a, 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 an axe. He had a, an axe. That the, notice it said it was an iron head. The iron had a cutting edge on it. Imagine trying to cut something down and you've lost the iron head off the end. You ever had an axe? You ever seen how an axe operates? Or had an axe just have the head fly off? I remember using an axe one time. Man, that head just flew off the end. Boy, when they fly off, they fly off. They're gone. And uh, so you can't do much chopping when the axe head's gone. The interesting thing, a very little wedge holds the axe head in place. And so 
let me just show you three things that are in there. Number one, there's an axe head. And it was, uh, that word axe head is something made of iron. In Daniel chapter 2, it says iron is used for cutting or it has power. It speaks of authority to subdue and bring things under. So when the Bible's talking about iron, it's speaking of something tough, something unbending. So the iron in that particular story represents your authority in Christ to influence the spiritual environment around you. You can't advance in this world without spiritual authority around your life. If you want to be able to shift demons, shift atmospheres, you need authority that comes only from God. So the cutting edge in our life is an authority. God gives us authority to heal the sick. He gives us authority to cast out demons. He gives us authority to pray for people to be filled with the Holy Ghost. He gives us authority to speak life into situations. He gives us authority to cut, cut down and to cut off old ties that hold people in bondage. He gives us authority to speak the gospel. In fact, there are many different ways the Bible describes God has given you authority to do some things. Now, listen, in the school environment, you can literally shift the atmosphere of that if you will stand up and begin to exercise your authority by speaking words into that atmosphere, standing together in prayer, and beginning to start to boldly proclaim what God can do in lives. Eh? You can shift atmospheres. You can shift atmosphere in your workplace. You can shift things. You are authorized to do it. There's no one else authorized to shift demons out of places except the church. So how are you going to have a spiritual impact if you have no authority in your life? So you notice here the axe head, the iron is the authority, the power of God to bring about some changes. Now, you need also, you're going to have the axe, you've got to have the uh, stick, the, the shaft of the axe. And the shaft is what you use to wield the authority. It always speaks to us of, a, of an attitude of faith. An attitude of faith. To be able to move the power of God in our circumstances, you have to have an attitude of faith. An expectation based on the word of God, God's going to do something. And so we begin to speak words with an attitude of faith. Now notice also with the axe is there's just a little wedge holds that axe head in place. Now isn't this really such a picture of what life is like? It's the little things that cause us to become eroded in our authority and lose our cutting edge in life. You don't have to. Have you ever used a knife? And, uh, and, and, you, and someone, man, I found this with razors. Now, most men would identify with this one. Get a good razor out, man, it gives you a great cut. And then you leave it lying around. And then the next time, it looks the same, looks no different. You put it up to your face and, oh, my goodness, what's happened? It's chipped and chunked and there's nothing cutting. And you realize someone used it on their legs. And it's now lost its cutting edge. Now, when a, when a razor's lost its cutting edge, you know it. And the men all said, Amen. We know it's lost the cutting edge. You can tell one look in the mirror and you see the chunks that be taken out. Cutting edge is all gone, and you know it went on legs. And probably there's here and uh, things there in, in the shower, something like that, you know. It's all, I know, I know what happens. You lose that cutting edge. It's really bad. Or the carving knife, you know, get the carving knife, sharp carving knife, boy, it can whip through the meat. Then you get it out another time, and now I don't know what's been done. I don't know what I even used it for. But now it won't cut even bread. It won't cut nothing, you know. And it looks like it's okay, but it's just the little edge has gone. And in our lives, the authority of God, the power to be able to make changes in, in, in lives and to have an effect, is always, it always rests on little things, little obedience. A little bit of disobedience, you lose your cutting edge. A little bit of resistance to the Holy Spirit, 
you lose your cutting edge. A little bit of compromise, you lose your cutting edge. You know, some, I've seen young people and they made a great stand for Christ and they got into a little bit of smoking. And it's amazing how it just affected their whole Christian witness, just a little thing. Little things are where you lose your edge. It's in the little things in life, not necessarily the very, very big things. It's in the little things you lose your edge. You know, you do some running, some fitness training, then uh, you do fine. You give a couple of days without it, and in just that two or three days, you lose your edge. You're getting to practice music. You practice every day. You do really good at the music. Then you let your practice go two or three days. The edge goes off. See, there's no way you can, there's no way you can pretend if you've lost the edge, you've lost the edge. The problem is most people either never got one, or when they got one, never knew how to use it, or when they lost it, they never realized and just tried bashing away, trying desperately live the Christian life, and there's no cutting edge, no power of the Holy Ghost. Bible describes the end time church. Many people will be like that. They have a form of godliness, but no power. Power comes from a person. To be connected to that person requires faith and simple acts of obedience are what lock us in on him. Friend, don't lose your cutting edge. I wonder where you've lost your cutting edge. Where'd you lose it? Do you lose it with a bit of disappointment? Eh? What do you lose it with? You notice here that you can get it back. You can get your cutting edge back. And what happened when this man lost the cutting edge? He didn't pretend that it was all okay. He said, alas, what I've got was borrowed. I've lost it. And he went back and he asked. He asked God where this thing could be found. And, the, and interesting, the statement that was made to him, where did you lose it? When you lose your power in your life with God, you've always got to go back to where you lost it. And usually we lost it with one little thing that God said to do and we didn't do it. Usually we lose things in God with just the little things. So if you've lost the cutting edge, if you don't feel the power of God flowing in your life anymore, where did you lose it? Ask the Lord. He'll show you where you lost it. And you notice here the second thing. So number one, you've got to first of all face that you've lost that fire, lost that passion, lost that edge, lost that authority. You're not standing up in prayer, making things happen anymore. Something is gone from your life. And you realize I've lost something. I need it back. Number two, go to the place where you lost it. Remember where you lost it. Was it a compromise? Was it some little sin? Was it some bad attitude? Was it something that God was speaking about and you never ever got around to doing it? Is that where you lost it? Notice the next thing that it says, the man of God cut down a fresh handle. He made a fresh handle. He had to cut a piece of wood. In other words, we come always to the cross where faith begins to restore us back to our original condition. And finally, he cast it and he said, now this is what you've got to do. You've got to do this. You've got to reach out and you've got to take it up what was lost. See, you notice that the man of God didn't pick it up. He actually did the miracle that made it possible for him to pick it up. But notice what he had to do. Number one, admit that he lost something. Number two, go to the place of loss. Number three, allow a fresh handle to be formed. That means going to the cross of Jesus Christ with a fresh expectancy. And you know what you find there? You'll always find his forgiveness and his grace. And he'll say, reach out, 
stand up again, begin to walk again. Maybe you've fallen down somewhere. Maybe you've fallen over several times. Maybe you just can't seem to get a breakthrough, whatever. You realize you've lost something out of your life. Go back to where you first lost it. Go back to where you first went off the track. Bring it to the cross. Bring it to the Lord and you'll hear words of forgiveness. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. He will forgive us. And then he'll say, stretch out your hand. Take up that axe again and go back and begin to build again. Don't withdraw. Don't quit. Don't fail. Never, never give up. Keep coming back to the cross. For the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Though he fall, though he fall, he'll never be utterly cast down. Because the Lord will always lift him up. You know, Peter was in the boat. He got out of the boat on a word of God. Then suddenly he lost the cutting edge of faith. He sank in the water. The moment he looked to the Lord, he got it back again. And he was up and he began to walk. There are some of you tonight, you lost your axe head. You're sinking in the water. Some of you, it's up to your eyeballs just about. Listen, look to the Lord. Let him lift you up again as you repent and come to a fresh place of faith and get your cutting edge back. God's wanting to have a cutting edge in your life, a cutting edge of fire and passion and reaching people. Listen, that means no compromise. It means getting the little things right. It means keeping your life sharp with God. As you do that, you can be sure you're going to start to see some things happen. When I get fasting, the main purpose of it is to get near to God and to get rid of the things that stop me being sharp. It's to let all those things surface so you can come back to Jesus Christ, to his love at the cross, and be restored. Get a sharpness around your life again. Say amen to that. Why don't we close our eyes and bow our heads right now. Father, I just thank you tonight. Lord, there's an anointing here to restore people, to put fresh fire around their life, to restore a cutting edge in their life, a cutting edge of influencing people, a cutting edge of your power and presence. My, how we need that, Lord. We want your presence with us. We want to have a cutting edge in life. While while our eyes are closed and heads are bowed, is there any person here has never, ever received Jesus Christ? You've been missing out on God's greatest gift, his love, his forgiveness, and new life that's found through a relationship with God. If you're here tonight and you have never, ever become a Christian yet, there's an emptiness in your life. That emptiness is a vacuum that's created because God, who was meant to be there, isn't there. He's not there because there's sin in your life. You you do things and you you live a life without God in any kind of way. But you know it's not fulfilling because no matter what you do, it's never enough. You're always empty. That's partly why you're here tonight. God drew you here tonight because he cares about you. At the cross of Calvary, Jesus represented you. He died for every one of your sins. He legally, literally took the rap, took the penalty for all your failure so that you would be able to come near to God by trusting in Him. To any person here tonight willing and ready to become a Christian, become a follower of Jesus Christ. Now you don't just get Jesus and you carry on the way you were. No, it's about a whole new life beginning. It's about a whole new walking with God. Wow. Amazing life, walking with God. You'll begin to discover things you never would have realized possible. You'll begin to discover your reason for being here on this earth begin to discover God's purpose for you begin to discover friends in the family of God begin to discover whole new relationships you never would have thought possible what an amazing thing to be joined to God is there any person here tonight say I want to become a Christian please just raise your hand so I can see just while our eyes are closed and heads are bowed just raise your hand say I want to become a Christian tonight all my sins forgiven I want to give my life to Jesus 
Anyone here tonight? So that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. I need to become a Christian. I need to give my life to Jesus. God bless you, dear. See that hand over there? Is there anyone else here tonight? You say, that's me. That's me. I want to put my hand up too. I want to give my life to Jesus. Anyone else here tonight? God bless you. See the hand over there? That's wonderful. Two people tonight, two women giving their lives to Jesus, getting a fresh start, a new hope. Anyone else here tonight? Say, that's me. That's me. I need to give my life to Jesus. I wonder how many tonight as I've been speaking, you realize you've lost your cutting edge. You realize that the presence of God, the life of God, the, the flow of His power in your life is gone. You, you've drawn back through compromise or hurt or whatever. You felt God speaking to you tonight. You need to do something about this. Quickly raise your hands. That's me. That's me. That's me. God's speaking to me. God bless. God bless. Others tonight. The others tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is what we're going to do in a moment. The two people, the two women that put your hand up that you wanted to become a Christian. In a moment, this is what we're going to do. We'll all stand together. We're going to give you a great clap because in heaven, people rejoice. The angels of God rejoice when a sinner comes to Jesus Christ. God loves welcoming sinners back to himself. So heaven rejoices and celebrates over every person who gives their life to the Lord. So in a moment, we're going to get you to stand. Everyone will stand. We'll give you a clap. And I'd like you to make your way out of your seat. Come to the front. Stand here just in front of me, facing me. And what we'll do is I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer to receive Jesus, to give your life to him. Only take a couple of minutes. God will hear you from heaven. Are we all ready, church? Let's just all stand to our feet right now. Let's give them a great big clap as they come. There's two women to come. Come to you, come. That's right, just come. Praise the Lord. Wonderful. Okay, let's all close our eyes right now. The presence of God is here. I want everyone to just listen and follow me in this prayer, the sinner's prayer. Prayer is just talking to God. When we talk to him, he listens. And this prayer, he will always answer. So I want everyone just to follow me in this prayer. Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Tonight I turn away from my sin, living my life without God. I turn to you, Lord. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. I receive forgiveness for all of my sins. I receive your Spirit into my heart. And I give you my life. I belong to you. You will never leave me. You'll never turn away from me. Tonight I thank you. You are my Savior and Lord. touch you tonight there's been a lot of turmoil in your life this last two three years have been tremendous upheaval for you you've been searching for answers and you've searched in lots of places but what you've been searching for tonight you've found tonight God puts his peace into your heart tonight God's going to touch you by his spirit 
He wants to set you free of the things which have tormented you, the things which come at night, which cause you to wake up and be troubled and tormented. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I break every generational curse. I break the powers of tormenting spirits that have come into your life to defile you and torment you. I command those tormenting generational spirits. I command each and every one of you to depart from her. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I break the power of death. I break the power of suicide. I break the power of all tormenting spirits that have produced mental problems in your family background. I break the power of that tormenting spirit. I command you to lose her tonight in Jesus' name. I break all witchcraft that's been in the family line. Spirit of witchcraft, I command you now to come out of her in Jesus' mighty and wonderful name. You tormenting spirits, go now in Jesus' name. Matriarchal spirits, loose her in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Father, I thank you for this dear woman. Lord, I ask tonight that you would heal her broken heart. I ask tonight you would touch her in the depths of her being where her heart's been broken because of all the things that have troubled her in her family and in her personal life. In Jesus' name, I break the spirit of grief. I break the spirit of death of your life. I command you to release her now in Jesus' name. Lord, touch her tonight. Let your blessing just come in. That was bad spirits going because the new spirit of God has come into your life. How wonderful. God has forgiven you. God loves you. Let's give them a great clap tonight. Just value and appreciate that. Woo! Amen. Someone will just talk with you and share you the next steps in walking with the Lord. There's many people here tonight and you know you've lost your cutting edge. You know that there's been areas of compromise, things in your life that cause you to lose the fire, the passion, the, the, the holiness, that commitment just to pursue God. And I want you to come tonight. Come and just make a row across the front. Just raise your hands to the Lord. Begin to pray. Begin to talk to Him. Remember in your mind the place when you lost that axe head. The Holy Spirit will show you if you're not sure. Someone's going to come and pray with you in just a moment. Just come right now. Please come. Please come. There's many tonight, and you need to come. You need to come and make a stand. Say, Lord, tonight, I'm coming back to you. Lord, tonight, I want that fire to be restored in my life. I want a fresh fire. I want a fresh passion. I want a fresh anointing in my life. I want a fresh cutting edge. I want, Lord, to have influence. I want to begin to have a greater impact. Lord, tonight, I'm getting rid of all compromise. I'm getting rid of the things that have cluttered my life. I just want the love of God, the life of the Holy Ghost, to just be flowing strongly through me. Come on, there's others tonight. You need to come. You need, it's lost in the little things, just the little things. And we're raising it away. And we say, oh, it's only a little thing. Others are doing that. You know, we don't think anything of it. And then suddenly you realize, man, where am I? I, I got no cut. There's no life. There's no power around me. I need God to help me. There any others here tonight? Great to see young people coming. Are there any other ones tonight? Any older people say, Lord, that's me tonight. God's speaking to me about getting my life sharpened up. You know, sharpened up. One of the things, most powerful tools to sharpen us up is to get into a small group and begin to start to become open and accountable in our relationships, begin to talk from the heart, allow people into our life. 
by people to encourage us. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Sometimes we don't like people saying stuff to us, but we need to hear it. Sharpens us up. Grates on us, but it sharpens us. We're better because of it. Are we ready? Just raise your hands to the Lord right now. I want the people, leaders, to come up now and get ready to minister. And minister just by way of prophecy and impartation into people's lives tonight. But firstly, I want to lead people in a prayer. So let's just lift our hands. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Tonight you've been speaking to me. And I realize I have lost my cutting edge. Tonight I ask you to bring it back. I ask you to restore to me authority and power in the Holy Ghost that I might have influence and impact with people. I ask you to forgive me for compromise, disobedience, for tolerating things which have caused me to lose my edge. Tonight I turn from them and by faith I claim back now a cutting edge of life in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, I stretch out now and take it to myself. Amen. Now you just begin to worship the Lord now. I want some leaders to come. Quickly come and lay hands on people. Begin to prophesy. Speak unto them and pardon to them. Quickly come. Just come. Let's just worship the Lord together. Worship the Lord together. Hallelujah. Maybe some other people tonight, you're here, you have a sickness in your body, you need prayer for healing, you're willing to believe God for a miracle. Why don't you come tonight? Why don't you come and say, God, I believe tonight for a miracle, a miracle of healing to take place. Lord, I'm believing for a miracle of healing. I need you to touch my body, touch my life. Is that you tonight? Just come, just come. The rest of us, let's just worship the Lord. Just worship the Lord. My people are being ministered to, people are being prayed for. Let's believe for God's spirit to come. Let's keep it gentle. Let's keep an atmosphere of worship. It's just an atmosphere of worship. Would you just go down and pray for people? It would be good. Yeah, go down. Thank you, Lord. Just let the musicians carry it. You just carry it. That's right. Praise me. Just, just let it flow. Worship music. That's right. That's right. Just come on down. Thank you, Lord. Fire of God touch you tonight. Let the fire of God touch you tonight. In Jesus' name, we break the power of witchcraft. I command you to release her now in Jesus' name. Loosen it. Loosen now, 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 now. Generational witchcraft. I command you to release her now, 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 now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. In Jesus' name. Let it go. Loose. 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 I cut off the generational claims and curses over your life. I cut them off. We put the sword of the Spirit through them. We break all generational blood covenants. We break them. We break them in Jesus' name. We break them in Jesus' name. We break them in Jesus' name. I break all binding agreements on generations. We command now. The spirit of sorcery, come out of it now. Come out of it now. Come out, 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 out. 
The blood of Jesus has broken your power. Now, now, now. Release her now. Thank you, Lord. Fire, 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 fire. I break all agreements that you've made with evil spirits. We close and seal the doors of entry for those demons. In Jesus' name, come out of an out. Out now. Out, 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 out. See the blood? It's broken your power. Come out of an out. Come out of an out. Come out of an out. as a leader he's raising you up to understand and know that you're the princess the daughter of a king father in Jesus name I bring shame Touch him tonight. Touch him tonight. Touch him tonight. Let the rivers of God begin to flow. Rivers of the Holy Ghost. Rivers of life. Thank you, Lord. Father, touch him. Touch him tonight. Father, right now, Jesus.
Father, we just thank you for your work here tonight. Thank you for many lives touched, many lives just touched by the Spirit of God. Thank you for two people saved. Thank you, Lord. Bless them. Encourage them. Continue, Lord, to strengthen them. Bond them into your family. Father, we pray your blessing on every person here. Father, we release them to have a victorious week, a week of opportunities, divine opportunities. In Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. If you're up the front, feel free to just stay here in the presence of the Lord. For everyone else, the meeting's over now. Feel free to go and have a cup of coffee and chat with someone. Make yourself known to someone.